Loyalty or a baited hook? We're back in our exploration into the heart of Christian service. And Carl Menninger, who was an American psychiatrist, he had this to say about loyalty. And I'm going to read from the new book of Christian Quotations. Loyalty means not that I am you or that I agree with everything you say or that I believe you are always right. Loyalty means that I share a common ideal with you and that regardless of minor differences, we fight for it shoulder to shoulder, confident in one another's good faith, trust, constancy, and affection. And... Paul, in the book of Philippians, um, which is, Philippians, by the way, if you do not know this, Philippians is a reproof epistle. And in chapter 2, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And again, that's the New Living Translation. Now, there's no doubt that Paul had humility in mind in these verses. But I'm going to read these verses one more time, and I want you to see whether you can hear loyalty in these verses. And if you have your Bible, I would encourage you to read it from your Bible, no matter what version it is, uh, just to see now if you can hear and or see uh, loyalty as well as humility in these verses. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Did you see it? Did you hear it? I certainly did. I can hear loyalty as well as humility in these verses. And and you see, what was happening in Philippi was that Paul was encountering problems with people, people problems. And in in fact, in, in chapter 4, uh, he tells about uh, Iodias and Syntyche, two women that were helping him in the church. And what was happening basically was that people, members of the church of Philippi, were siding, these two women had differences of opinions, and these and then what, what, what was happening were church members were siding with one side or the other. And friendship had a lot to do with that. And don't we see that today? Don't we see where 
friendships in churches where uh, one person, and if, especially if the people in question are leaders in the church, where if there's a disagreement, if there is a difference of opinion, where members may side with one person or the other based on their friendship with that person. And you see, if every believer um, would remember that their loyalty has to be to the Lord, then division and church splits would not be encountered as often as they are, unfortunately. And uh, this is what Paul's admonition was. When people disagree in the church, as it was in Philippi, his admonition was to look beyond the friendship and remember the loyal, their loyalty to the Lord. And that's very important. And it, we take that today. We have to look at that. We have to have loyalty to the Lord over and above any friendship we may have with uh, another member or leader of the church. And you see, what happens is when there's uh, differences of opinions, differences in ministry, if you were to ask each side if they were loyal to the Lord, I'm sure the answer would be yes. Each side would say, yes, I'm loyal to the Lord. But you know what? At the same time, in the next breath, they would denounce the other side for their apostasy or for their uh, wrong opinion, let's say. So it's one thing and great to affirm loyalty to Christ, but we have to remember that being loyal to the Lord has to mean being loyal to one another. Can't have one without the other. If you're truly loyal to the Lord, you must be loyal to one another. And if we're really true to the Lord, we have to be Christ-like in the way we treat other people, especially those who don't agree with the way we're thinking. And see, that's what Paul was talking about in Philippians 2. Should we obey God rather than men? Of course we should. That's a great biblical principle. But the way we do that should be the way that Jesus did it. And in John eight twenty nine it says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And that's from the King James Version. So, yes, obeying God rather than men is a great biblical principle, but we should do it the way that Jesus did it. We should obey the Father the way that Jesus did now, when we talk about loyalty, practicing loyalty specifically, one of the, the first thing we have to, to, to discuss is perspective. We have to maintain, maintain perspective. You see, why do most disagreements and divisions start? Where do they start? Usually what happens is that the big picture is forgotten about. We forget about the big picture and we get keyed in and focus in on the minor details, the little things. And when we do that, when we forget about the big picture and all we're focusing on is the minor details, um, problems can ensue from that. Because when you think about it, 
And just from my experience alone, I, I, I know that most Christians, when we're talking about ministry, I would think that most Christians, uh, and again, from experience, most Christians agree, have, don't have a problem agreeing on goals. But where the disagreement comes in on how we're going to reach those goals. And you see, what happens is that procedures we use to accomplish purposes and implement principles cause issues. It's not the purposes of the church or the biblical principles themselves that create the problems. It's the procedures we use to accomplish those purposes and implement those principles. That's where the problems come in. Now, while we can't or should not and must not ever compromise on absolute doctrine, truths, essentials, we must never compromise on those things. We must never compromise on what the Lord has given us as a commission. It is possible, however, to compromise and negotiate on the elements of the program by which we hope to, uh, to serve Him, how we do our ministry. There's nothing wrong with negotiating th those elements. And we really, to get along, we need to do that. We need to negotiate. And an important, important thing here is that we as individuals cannot always have our way and we shouldn't have our way and must not always have our way. And we really need to have a, a, an eagerness, a willingness to compromise a little bit, to give in a little bit. And, the, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of just a little movement on our part, just giving in and compromising just a little bit, and that may be enough to lubricate the movement forward, to lubricate the machinery in an effort to move forward, to progress forward. And sometimes that's all it takes, but we can be so so dug in and so entrenched on, on getting our own way that we don't want to give up any anything. We don't want to give in a, an inch. And that's where the problems come in. Secondly, uh, another key factor in loyalty is the fact that the interest of others has to be taken into account. We have to care about the interest of others. Have you ever heard the term corner mentality? Corner mentality means that you're looking out for your little corner that you're responsible for. So whatever part of ministry it is, and this works in business as well, you know, you, whatever your little corner, whatever your part in the ministry, in the organization, that's what you're looking for. Especially supervisors sometimes. You get caught up in managing your little corner of, of, the, uh, of the organization, your little corner of the field, that you forget about the big picture. And if you do that, um, problems are, are bound to exist. Problems are created because of people that have a corner mentality. Because what happens is you, wanna, you want to protect and promote your corner of the field and you don't care about anything else. So you're dug in, you're entrenched, 
you're you're hunkered down in your corner of the field and you don't care what the impact that anybody else is having anybody else in ministry anybody else in your business and uh, it's 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 definitely a source of problems it's definitely a source of problems and we see this with the apostles themselves on the the the, the last supper the night before jesus he was facing suffering and death and what were the apostles doing he was facing suffering and death and the apostles were arguing on over who was the greatest and it, it might seem incredible to us that recognition was on their minds and not what the Lord was facing. You see, because what happens is that you, uh, that selfishness and pride um, will come into play no matter where you are and what you're doing. Holy places and holy occasions provide no immunity against selfishness and pride. Was Satan in the upper room? My answer is yes. He was in the upper room. Is Satan, has Satan been known to attend board meetings in churches, committee meetings in churches? You better believe it. You better believe Satan's in these meetings. He may not answer a roll call, but he's in these meetings. And some meetings, uh, of, of board meetings and committee meetings in churches can be the ugliest places you want to be. And again, division can be caused at a board meeting. And again, that fact that the friendships and boards can be divided because who's loyal to what other member, you know, that whole thing. I don't want to get into that, but it's called politics. And we don't ever want to have that in the church, but unfortunately it's there. And uh, you see, loyalty requires humility. And we're not talking about the hypocrite. The hypocrite um, puts forth or exhibits false humility. They sometimes will bait their hook with flattery. But true humility is the servant, is displayed by the servant, is exhibited by the servant who says with sincerity, what can I do to help? That's true humility. And in, in Proverbs 6, 16, 17, God, not, God tells us he not only hates pride, but then again in James 4, 6 and 1 Peter 5, 5, he says that he resists it. God pours out his grace when we practice humility. And that is a game changer. It makes all the difference in the world. Another thing is, uh, when we're talking about loyalty, is that uh, we should never have blind loyalty. Loyalty has to have discernment, not a lack of it. You see, because what happens is, when if there's blind loyalty... Uh, involved in a group of workers 
If a group of workers have blind loyalty, they can then begin to think that because they're ripping everything down, they're building up work. They're tearing everything else down in order to build up their work. You see, and that is because of blind loyalty. And that, you, they, they get basically, it's a mob mentality. And you see, that has no place in ministry. Samuel Johnson, um, in, he defined patriotism as the last refuge of a scoundrel. And see, that's what he was talking about, that mob mentality. What happens to plotting politicians? They'll sometimes hide behind the flag. But where do Christians, proud Christians, sometimes hide? They hide behind the cross. And what happens is, in the case of the proud Christians, they're hiding behind the cross And they actually will try to make you think that to differ with them is to resist the Lord himself. And see, that is dangerous. That is dangerous. And loyalty, again, to the Lord and to his people isn't a one-size-fit-all type of thing. It's not something where we have to give up our individuality. You see, it's more like an army that knows where the enemy is and who the commander is. And that it's an army is one that will stand heart to heart and shoulder to shoulder intent on one goal. That's victory. In uh, Philippians 1.27, Paul called it striving together for the faith of the gospel. True loyalty, again, doesn't, doesn't destroy your individuality. It actually takes it to a higher goal. It dedicates it to a higher goal and actually makes you a better person, a more mature person because you're part of something bigger than yourself. Here's an important statement that has two parts. Loyalty is making yourself a part of an organization and making that organization a part of you. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Because what will happen is, what happens if you stop at the first part of the statement? Loyalty is making yourself a part of an organization. You can then become a robot. And the organization, no matter how good it is, how, how noble its goals are, that organization will end up eating you alive. But if you make the organization or ministry a part of you, a part of yourself, the second part of the statement, then something in your heart will throb with life and challenges you to... Let me go back. I'm sorry. If you make the organization, the ministry, a part of yourself... So that it's something in your heart that throbs with life and challenges you, things will then stay in balance. Okay? Let me say that one more time. Sorry about this, but 
Yeah, it's uh, it's not even Monday. It's actually Tuesday. So I apologize, but let me say it one more time just to be clear here. If you make the organization or the ministry a part of yourself so that it, so that it's something in your heart that throbs with life and challenges you, then you'll have the balance that's required. Things will stay in balance. And when you lose that balance, when ministry is no longer a part of you, then it may be time for you to part that ministry. Because this balance, the balance is so important. So important. And in 1 Chronicles 28.9, David, in counseling his son Solomon, said, Know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. These words are not only for Solomon, but they are very, very significant for us here today. And remember this, the Lord is loyal to us. You got to know that. The Lord is loyal to us. And let me ask you this question. Based on the Lord's loyalty to us, do you have do you think that the Lord has every right to expect us to be loyal to him and to one another? The answer is you better believe it. You better believe he has a right to expect that. And it's not only again loyalty to him but it's loyalty to one another because you cannot separate the two. You cannot be loyal to the Lord without being loyal to one another. So anyway, God bless. Uh, take, take this back into your ministry. I hope you're, you're really uh, loving this series. I know I am, and um, I'm learning every day. And... Uh, it's very important for us to have a true heart of Christian service. Uh, without it, without it, we're just another worker. Without it, we're just another worker. And uh, that's where pride and ambition come into play and where we then become problem creators. And we don't want to be that. We don't want to be problem creators. We want to be problem solvers. We want to work for the Lord and give him glory and honor in everything we do. Anyway, God bless. See you next time.